Hi, I'm Beth Guckenberger, and welcome to the Punch First Podcast. We're on day three. You're doing a great job. Thanks for joining me, Todd. I'm loving it. I think we need to rebrand it to Fight Club. <laughs> this is the Fight Club podcast. Yeah, this is day three. I'm here with my husband, Todd, and I I invited him on the podcast because what I wanted to do is model for you what what conversations of substance can look like around the kinds of things that we wrote about. He was, even though my name is on the cover of the book, every day, every thought, every story, every verse, I would come to him and be like, what do you think? Do you remember it this way? Is this, is this what you think is true? Like you were my silent co-author. Yeah. I'm yeah. I, silent is not something I am, but <laughs> yes. Uh, well, the day, th- the day three, uh, I really liked writing this day. It was kind of vulnerable for me to be honest, because I wrote about a season when I was overcommitted which is something I tend to do. Really? <laughs> I like the word yes. I wrote a book earlier, uh, a couple of years ago, the subtitle is about saying yes. And I I do tend to say yes, because I think it's easier to watch God close doors than it is to feel a sense of him pushing or prompting you. So I, I tend to say yes. But well, and you have really high capacity, which is great. And God continues to give you more capacity. Yeah, well, I asked some friends if they would pray for me because I could tell that I was running all the way to the margins. And they suggested, how about actually we pray with you instead of pray for you? And while we were having that prayer time, one of them had a picture in their mind. And this picture was of a five-speed car. And I was driving a five-speed at the time. I love my little stick shift. And it was stuck in fifth gear. And there was something about that image that God gave to one of my friends that began to minister to me a lot. Like I was in fifth gear as if that was the only gear to be in, but you can't reverse in fifth gear. You can't you know, park in fifth gear. You can't be on a bumpy road in fifth gear. There's a lot of times when you have to shift downshift and be in other other speeds. And I, it was like I was trying to do everything in the top gear. That was not a great time, right? No. <laughs> oh, I was believing a lie, frankly, um, that more, that more is better, that that I could be the solution to other people's problems, um, that there was value in my doing and not just in my being. And uh, really, I had to go to God and say, I, I've somehow broken my discernment meter, and I'm I'm saying yes to everything, and I need you to help me discern what's the best yes for me and what kinds of things um, you've actually designed someone else to do, and I'm taking their place, and it's costing both that person for not being in the opportunity and me for doing the wrong thing and so anyway I just wanted to start our discussion today by asking you like um, that's the time when I had to ask for wisdom and let some things go in my life like what's one time when you've asked God for wisdom and felt like it was you really needed it yeah I I was when I was thinking about this question I was thinking the first thing that came to my mind was you know early COVID Mm -hmm. and you know, February COVID hit by May as a leader of a nonprofit organization, I'd felt like we were going to become more nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was, and I was starting to panic. We have, you know, 300 staff were all over the world. And my worst case scenario, I was, I was, I was beginning to feel, uh, anxious yeah. and, and I, and I knew that wasn't the right way to feel. And so I, I literally remember it was, it was May 12th. I woke up that morning and, and we actually had an all staff meeting that day. And, I was spending time in the Word and just listening and listening to God and, and just almost somewhat begging Him mm-hmm. to to speak, not to speak to me li- literally, but to just 
tell me what to do. Yeah. And and I literally felt like that God said in that moment, stay in the fight. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not taking this away. You're still in the fight. And, and I, I get emotional talking about it now because it, God literally, I feel like he gave me those words. I shared it with the staff a couple hours later when we were in the all staff meeting. And and I and it 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 kept us on the same page, on the same team, and in the fight all all year long. And it was just a, but you, you take the lies the enemy one that just was slamming me with. Oh my gosh, this is not getting any better. And mm-hmm. and I wasn't worried about getting sick. I was worried about not being able to do what we do. Yeah. And serving orphan and vulnerable children. I was. What are we going to do if we can't do this? It's not not about our own wealth worth in that, but what the kids' worth is in that. Yeah. I was just telling you the other day. I was having a conversation with my friend Tammy Heim, and she said. This, she responded to a challenge someone had made to her that instead of writing a letter to your younger self, the way that exercise usually goes, that you're supposed to write a letter to your older self, like yourself on your deathbed. And what kinds of things do you hope that you would say at that end part of your life? And she said, I said, okay, well, tell me what what did you say to yourself? And she said, I said, it was a good fight. Hmm. And when she said those words, I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I want to be able to say all the way to the very end, this was a good fight. I'm going to do everything I can to stay in that fight. And sometimes God speaks to you through other people like that. Like in that moment, he spoke to you quietly in in your little prayer closet, you know, with your Bible and your journal. Sometimes he speaks to us through worship. Sometimes he speaks to us in dreams. Sometimes he speaks to us, you know, the Bible says even the rocks cry out. Like one time he spoke through a donkey. Like there's he is a communicative God and he's trying to get our attention and we have to be willing to listen to him and then be able to discern which voice is his and which voice is coming from ourselves or which voice is coming from the enemy or which voice is coming from someone who thinks of you as the solution to their problem. Yeah, I remember this is a long time ago now. I just become a Christian. I was a Christian about, I don't know, 10, 11 months. I was my sophomore year in high school uh, and, and I was watching some of my friends who also became Christ followers in the same season I did through Young Life. And they were, I called it bagging it. They were bagging their faith back then, you know, mm-hmm. ditching God. And I told my Young Life there at the time, uh, you know, hey, I'll never do that. And he looked me in the eye and he said, and I don't think he even knew what he said, but he said, don't be so sure. And it was this like moment mm-hmm. of, wow, I need to, I, I and it's, it's it actually, I remembered it year over year, year over year, because it was so profound in that moment. I felt like God spoke to me and said, do not get a big head about this. Mm-hmm. You need to pursue me and you have to pursue me daily if this is going to work. And and it was it was just a constant reminder and a truth that, that I needed to hear in that moment. Yeah, this is going to feel a bit like a left turn, but um, for a hot second, let's talk about our Enneagram numbers, because um, we hear from God differently because we are different temperaments. And sometimes I think when you're on a, you know, in church and you hear someone give a testimony about how they heard from God, if that doesn't resonate with you, like you, that's not your personality, that's not your pattern, those aren't your habits, you think, well, do I have to do that in order to hear God? Or does God know how to get my attention through the ways that he normally talks to me? So um, let's talk about the highly disciplined you versus the not so disciplined me. Like, how do you, like, what does your spiritual rhythm look like? So I'm an Enneagram 8, mm-hmm. um, which is a um, challenger, but the but I, I, my routine. So I, I love, I love early morning. I, I love, don't. I love early morning time in the Word. I love early morning time with my journal. That's when I hear most from God. Mm-hmm. But the, the most, the way I continue to walk with God is something I learned from a book called Practice the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence, and it's this constant rhythm of constant conversation with the Lord 
every day, every minute. I, I mean, it's in my head. I'm not saying it out loud. I think I would look like a crazy man. But the reality is it's kept me, it's kept me focused on what God wants and listening to him. It doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean I don't sin because I, I can get off track easy. But, but the reality is it's that rhythm, the daily routine of spending time in the word with the Lord. Yeah, I'm an Enneagram 7, so that makes me an enthusiast. And I I mean, I like to listen to the Lord sometimes when the top is down on my convertible and the music is up really loud. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes see like crazy things in nature. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. The other day I was looking out our window and there was this bee and it was so heavy looking like a bee and these tiny little wings. I'm like, how in the world is that thing airborne? And I'm like, gosh, you are so amazing, God. And I thought about all the heavy things that he carries and like, like that's not how you're going to hear from God. No, no. It's, it's funny because you, you, you'll get a parking spot up front by the building we're going to and you're like, praise Jesus. And I'm like challenging that like. God didn't give you that parking spot, but, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but the reality is I think he does speak to us in those ways. Yeah. And I think I've been saying lately, I think it's important that we have a bank of testimonies. Like we just have this, this account inside of our soul of moments when God has come for us, has spoken to us, has um, fought for us. So that in those moments when you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't do it. I don't know how. I don't hear from him. I feel alone. I feel like he's talking to everyone else. I, like all the all the hard thoughts that you can have, that you can just draw from that that bank of testimony and know I have courage. I can, like, he, he is a communicative God and he is trying to say something to me. Yeah. Uh, one time. I mean, this is, yesterday was our daughter's birthday, so this is in my brain, but the day that she was born, we were in the hospital, and we gave birth to her in Mexico only nine months after we had moved there, so we thought our Spanish was awesome, but I now realize it did not include very much medical jargon, so the day we gave birth to her, it was just like, here's to hoping these people all know what they're doing, because I don't know how to tell them anything, and... Good thing that the world's been having babies for generations, Yeah, I mean, right? that's what we told ourselves, like, people have babies all over the world, right? And oh, I remember that day this lady came in and asked me, quieres oxytocino, which I'd been there long enough to know that quieres means do you want? And I'd been there long enough to know that tocino means bacon. And I was like, I think this lady just asked me if I wanted bacon, honey. And you said to me, I think you should say yes all day. I was like, si, quiero tocino. And the lady left and she came back in several times and she's adjusting monitors and, and tubes and needles and I mean, all kinds of things. I was hardly paying attention to her because I was in labor. And like an hour later, there was no bacon at the room. And I was kind of getting mad the way pregnant people do. And you get cravings. And I said, uh, donde esta mi tocino? Where is my bacon? And the lady's like, you can't eat today. What are you talking about? And I was like, you asked me if I wanted bacon. And I said, yes, I would like bacon. And so now I'd like you to bring me my bacon. And she could tell that I was like kind of escalating. And so she went and found a bilingual professional who came in. Uh, the doctor said, no, honey, she asked you if you wanted oxytocino, oxytocin, which is a drug that speeds up labor. And you said yes. And we met our daughter, Emma, not, not too long after that. But I think uh, sometimes we have conversations with the Lord and things get lost in translation. Like mm. we think he's saying this and we're trying to say that. And we're like, we thought we heard you say this and why aren't you doing it? And if I ever shake my fist at God, it's usually because I think, I thought you said that this could happen or this was going to happen faster or this wasn't going to happen that fast or whatever. And the Lord, he, he, he is so patient with us. And I think as I, as we finish up this day three, the message I most want people to hear is, talk to God, <laughs> listen to God, 
communicate with him. We are so busy talking to each other on that social media. We are so busy looking for other people to affirm our choices and to be in our camp and our tribe and believe what we believe. And we're reading things and being influenced by so many places and people. But the the chief influence, the loudest voice in our life has to be the Lord's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have to run everything by him. Yeah. Not just some things, right? Yeah. So as we conclude this day three of the Punch First podcast, that's my encouragement. However your temperament is, whether you're writing with your worship on and your windows down or you're quietly in the morning with your journal and your Bible and your cup of coffee, however it is that you find God, uh, make sure you spend some time with him today. Thanks for being with us on the Punch First podcast, and we'll see you on day four. 